You can tell there's about to be some drama because I'm holding a big old cup of adult beverage in my hand. Sponsored by Skillshare. March 2015, Tim Cook takes the stage to show off the then brand new 12-inch MacBook. Not Air, certainly not Pro, just MacBook. The first ever Mac to have a USB-C port. The first ever laptop, just one USB-C port, a force touch trackpad, and a butterfly keyboard. Flash forward to October 2016, and Tim Cook once again takes the stage, this time to show off a completely redesigned MacBook Pro. It has two to four USB-C ports, but that's all it has. No USB-A, no MagSafe, no HDMI, no SD card slot, and no function keys, but also that force touch trackpad and butterfly keyboard, also a touch bar. The two-port entry-level MacBook Pro was pitched as a de facto MacBook Air Pro, something for everyone who wanted a Retina MacBook Air fully two years before Apple would make an actual Retina MacBook Air. Going all in on USB-C caused immediate consternation though, because dongles, not for pros, not for pros who constantly migrated from VGA to DVI, to Dual Link, to DisplayPort, to Mini, to HDMI, from Firewire 400 to 800, from Thunderbolt 2 to 3, from various flavors of SD to CF. Yeah, some of you were about to visit Dongletown. We were born there. But for tech nerds who fancied themselves pros, but really had a far greater overlap with mainstream consumers, who only really had USB-A cables, accessories, and peripherals, and who suddenly found themselves fully thrust into dongle life for the very first time, and at hitherto unimaginable scale. Also, that butterfly keyboard, which I'll get to in a five-alarm fire-hot minute. See, Apple had been looking at the market, the PC market, where they traditionally had only a single digit share when it came to the Mac. And then the phone market, where they'd been just spectacularly more successful with the iPhone. But particularly, particularly the tablet market where the iPad had pretty much become the market. And Apple had done that not by trying to make the iPad more like a desktop PC, because that's what their competitors had done to try to compete with the iPad and utterly failed, but by making it more like a console, an appliance, something for the far bigger market of people who hated PCs, who felt intimidated by them, alienated even. Obviously, the MacBook is a PC, but Apple had been making it more and more iPad-like, appliance-like over the years, following on the heels of the MacBook Air from when Steve Jobs walked into the Mac room, dropped the iPad right on the table and demanded to know why the Mac team couldn't just do that. And in some ways, some important ways, it worked. Apple sold just a crap ton of these new MacBook Pros, not to traditional pros doing high-end video and audio and graphics work, but to a rapidly growing developer base and to a whole new generation of people who simply self-identified as pros, who wanted the smaller, lighter, air-like experience, but also also just coveted the pro branding, even if they didn't have anywhere nearly the same needs. And I think Apple really thought they could try and satisfy both. See, Apple is used to having everyone hate just every change they make, at least at first. So they've come to figure if they just hold course, we'll get over it 
come around, quit complaining, and see their new way really is the better way. That's what happened with the Force Touch trackpad. Most people love the mechanical trackpad, and most people have come to love the proprioceptive lie that is the new taptic trackpad. But that absolutely did not happen with the butterfly keyboard. Most people love the old scissor switch keyboard. Some people liked the new butterfly keyboard better, but others... Others just hated its typing guts. And that didn't change. That never changed. And since Apple's the only one that makes Macs, it's not like PCs where if you hate Apple's version with Butterfly, you can just go buy Lenovo's version with scissor keys. Since Apple is the only one that makes Macs, you could just buy it or be pissed by it or both. But having something as important as the keyboard be that divisive just is not tenable. And that's not even counting the reliability issues that followed. Same with the thinner, lighter chassis, which Johnny Ive just always saw as a key to usability, easier to carry around for longer. But Apple also counted on Intel meeting their process shrink commitments to fit those CPUs into those chassis. In other words, making future generation processors more powerful, but also more efficient. And Intel spectacularly failed at that all of that, throwing cores at performance and playing around with voltage and remarketing turbo to compensate. It meant the MacBook Pro was basically always a TDP Max, just always at redline. Now, Apple had made mistakes before, plenty of them, an iPod shuffle with no buttons and an iPhone with an unintentional button that paused and played the cellular network right on the antenna gap. But Apple also fixed those mistakes and quickly, they reverted the iPod shuffle within a year and had the iPhone 4 antenna replaced by the time Tim Cook rolled out the Verizon version like seven months later. The butterfly switch keyboard didn't even start getting replaced with the magic keyboard until late 2019 an absolute eternity in technology and brand damage. Flashback to June 2020, when Tim Cook announced the transition to Apple Silicon and the alternative to fixing the thermal envelope of the Mac was just ripping out Intel from the inside. Like June of 2019, when Cook announced the new modular Mac Pro, replacing what was probably an even bigger failure in terms of the appliancification of the Mac, which Apple took from the cheese grater to trash can in 2013, only to revert, finally revert back some six long years later. But it's taking until now, this year, at the very least, according to recent reports, for Apple to finally fully revert the MacBook Pro back as well, from all USB-C to MagSafe and SD card reader, and from touch bar to media and function key row. And I think it's for pretty much the very same reasons. The realization that in trying to follow the iPad story, they've somehow lost the story of the Mac. In other words, the appliance model works great for consumers and consumer devices. It gives them products that are easier to use, unburdens and empowers them in ways traditional computers just never could. But that model simply doesn't work for pros. And despite the sales it generates, it's just completely unhealthy for the pro machines as well, which makes it unhealthy for Apple as a whole. Because you can grow your market by adding new products for new customers. But if you start changing those core products for those new customers, you start losing those core customers. You're building higher, faster, but destroying your foundation while you do it. You're not just bringing up MacBook Air technologies, you're failing to create new MacBook Pro technologies to push back down. So sure, 
add that entry-level pro for that new generation of self-identifying pros, but also make those higher-end pros into machines that even better serve the needs of your higher-end, of your highest-end pro customers, which is, thankfully, also something that's reportedly on Apple's radar. Link in the description. Of course, now I also worry that Apple might be going too far in the other direction, turning the iPad from mainstream computing device for everybody into another PC for pros, but more on that in a future video. And if you disagree with any or all of this and wanna make your own video to just drag me across the YouTubes, Ali Abdal's got a terrific class on video editing with Final Cut Pro 10 from beginner to YouTuber that'll get you started right, at least right now. Also, Christopher Rhodes' class on video on a budget will really help you up your game because that's the true power of Skillshare. It isn't even just one class or several classes. It's an entire online learning community that offers membership with real meaning and with an annual subscription that's less than $10 a month. You can learn illustration, design, photography, video, freelancing, and more with real projects to create and the support of real fellow creatives. More than 7 million of us learning with Skillshare. And the first 1,000 of you who click the link in the description will get a free trial of Skillshare Premium. Totally free. Just click on the link in the description and start learning today. And clicking on that link just really helps out this channel. For more, much more on the upcoming Macs, hit the playlist above. I'm breaking down every M1 Mac that is and all the M1X and M2 Macs to come. So hit that playlist and I'll see you in the next video.